This morning I'm going to begin, and it'll just be a beginning, uh, to uh, talk about when love leads the way. When love leads the way. The inexhaustible and sometimes, you know, almost complicated word called love. And yet, uh, it is a subject matter that the scripture addresses. Not so much to define love, but to show you love. And so, uh, by God's help, we will, we will start this, and uh, you are fully familiar and aware. And yet, it is a major theme in the life of God, and is to be a major theme in the life of you and I. I have <clears throat> chosen a passage of scripture to start with is found in 1 John chapter 4 verse 7 through 9. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the love of the brethren. Thank you, Lord, for love. We ask for your glory, your honor, for your love today in Jesus' name. It is my hope that we will not just talk about love. We'll not just be quoting love and trying to understand love, but in all of those things that we might, for lack of a better word, you know, uh, have a baptism of love. Totally immersed in this God who is love. Now, God is love, but love is not God. In other words, we do not worship love, but God is love. All of God's attributes inform us of his actions. He never acts inconsistently with any of his attributes. It's an amazing thing. We experience 
these attributes of God is dependent upon how we experience these attributes of God is dependent upon our response to him. When we repent, we experience his mercy. When we reject, then we experience his displeasure. So response. Our response has a lot to do with the, the uh, character or the attribute of God that we experience. And I believe that the scripture that we just read tells us that we cannot know love apart from knowing God. Now, in, of course, our society, love has taken on many different definitions. And all have, you know, some likeness to the real love. But God kind of love. In the Christian life, the scripture says that our deeds are important. But it also says that even more important than our deeds is our motives. He says that even the most sweeping actions and sacrificial gifts are nothing without proper motivation. See, I think Paul, when he writes the elements of love, then the love is kind and love is, is pure and love doesn't envy. He's not only given us a gauge by which love we can assess our love, but he is simply saying that when love is your motivation, you will be kind. When love is motivating you, you know, and he lists those wonderful things that just, you know, are so cherishable. Motivation. Because the theme of the Bible is, is that self-revelation of God. God of love. God of holiness. When you look at creation and you understand love needs an object, you are looking at love. God created man because he needed an object of and for his love. He is creating people to love. Creation. It's an expression of God's love. In the Garden of Eden, we discover that God is looking for Adam. 
He's looking for him not to put him to death, but to reestablish and reconnect with him. God, this lover, he will not allow sin to stand between him and his creation. When we look at the cross, it is both the love of God and the wrath of God, perfectly balanced together. So the essence of God's character is love. Love is what motivates his actions and defines his whole being. It was love that Jesus modeled. Love was his method. Love was his message. And love was his motivation. It was love that shaped his words. It was love that drove his compassion. And it was love that had him give the great commission. For God so loved the world, but he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but ever have ever lasting love and so God's primary motivation is love and it should be ours there are other motivators and not that they're ineffective or they shouldn't be in our lives but the fear of the Lord can be a motivator the scripture says that reward is a motivator But the primary motivator is to be the love. The love of who? The love of God. The love of God. Oh, hallelujah. When he talks about let us love one another, he's saying, he's talking to our love walk. He's talking about that which governs our life. That love governs or should govern our love. You see, when we live a life ruled by love, that is what opens you up to the walk in the Spirit. And to live in the highest measure of the blessing and the power of God. So the question comes this morning, do you just merely love or are you in love? I love you, but I'm in love with her. <laughs> and the same goes with the husbands and wives. That's the way it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm in love. And Jesus Christ is not just simply God saying, I love you, but he's saying, I'm in love 
with you. The God kind of love is the purest motivation there is. The God kind of love is the heart of love that delights first before doing. We know that it does, but it first delights. Because this heart is the organ of preference, not first the organ of performance. Are you hearing me this morning? I will take out the heart of flesh that's, that leans toward performance and I will give you a heart, you know, or heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh that can be shaped so that it's a heart of preference. When you love the Lord that God with all your heart, you say, now, I prefer you above everything else. You, there, you can have love in your heart. You can love this. You can love that. But when it comes to God, he says, he must be your first preference. <laughs> Hallelujah. He has made you and I his first preference. In the passage of scripture it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He's saying, the heart prefers than it does. It first of all, because I prefer you, then I do. And then he goes on to say in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that the connection of the Holy Spirit and love is inseparable. It says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that in, in Revelation chapter 2, when Jesus is talking to the churches there, and we pick out the church of Ephesus, and he goes through all of the things that they were doing. And no doubt they were doing those things because they loved God. But he says, you know, when you started this out, you were in love. And so therefore, I need you to go back and rekindle the flame of love from not just loving God, but being in love with God. And as he sets the stage so that you and I, you know, could, could 
have this in loveness, but also a reason to be in love, he displayed it and said he's his only son. And the son that died and gave his life for us and of course then then rose rose again. Because the heart sits at the very center of our emotional wor- world. It's our inner life. It's the seed of the physical, the spiritual, and our mental life. The heart. Love is more than a positive emotional connection or feeling. It's the overflowing of God. Apart from God, we can't know love. Love is so uh, um, just affects everything. Love affects our faith. For our faith is a faith that works by love. The confidence and assurance and awareness based upon him promises. It's an inspiration. It's an attitude. In this spirit walk, we can't go any place in it or in relationship until we get our love walk straight. And that's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and 1, he says, make love your great quest. Make love your great quest. So love is a preference. It's a preference. And out of that, there are things that spring forth from that love. One of love's offspring is obedience. Obedience is love's offspring. Because of your preference of love for me, you will obey me. It is a offspring of it. You don't obey me to love me. You obey me because you love me. The offspring. The offspring of love. It's that principal unit wonderful thing about love is it carries with it unity and harmony was did not sit in the seat and demand uniformity Christ loved us while we were yet sinners 
Does love have objects and love have goals? Of course it does. But it does not make them a requirement for love. That's good news for us all. Amen? True love is the basis for all right thinking and in acting. Because love is more than an action. It's the presence of someone. It's the person. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You say, well, Pastor, wonderful. I want to be honest with you. God's been working on my love lately. Would it be too strong of language this morning if I told you that your love fails when it disobeys? Love doesn't fail, but the one loving fails. He who has my commandments to keep them it is he who loves me. All right? And what's neat in the scripture is that obedience is the organ through which intimacy with God is obtained. John 14. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Some amazing benefits. It's that organ of, in, of intimacy. The question is not so much as God loves you, but do you love God? Yes. How could we know that if, if somehow we may have lost our first love? I mean, it's there, so I want to know. Because the goal of love is to, to form and nurture relationships. One with God and, number two, with our neighbor. Right, church? First two commandments. And on these two hang all the law and the prophets. We have probably the simplest constitution you know, of any kingdom in the world. 
Yeah. Woo. And then, of course, we also have the greatest power of any kingdom in the world. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that exercises itself in the realm of love. We already mentioned the church of Ephesus, and in there, God is telling us that was a love that motivated them, fervor and enthusiasm, and just wants them to recover it. And so he says, you've lost your first preference. So what might be? Let me submit these to you. When you lose your first love, you focus on form instead of substance. Or what I'm saying is the substance of your faith, which is Jesus Christ. What we know becomes more important than what we are. We become comfortable with the holy instead of being in awe of the holy. I hope I'm not scaring you off. Love can wane, church. Love can fade. Love has to be nurtured. In our prayer for revival. Anybody praying for revival? I mean, maybe you haven't exactly said the word, but you've said more of you, God. You know? Reach in here. Reach in there, God. Lord, we need, we need the move. We need you. It's bigger than us. Can't solve it. I don't want to just give up my habits. I want to be delivered from my habits. You want to know what they are? Thank you, Jody. Well, you know, the human mind is very inquisitive, right? When love is not our preference, we begin to see the world as our enemy rather than our mission field. The world 
was never the enemy of Jesus. It was his mission field. And then when he says, you should love your enemies and do good to those that hate you and despitefully use you because they may be your, they may feel like you're an enemy, but you're supposed to feel like they're a mission. I think that we can become insensitive to the Holy Spirit wherein we become dull to the small besetting sins. We can become content with what we are instead of being motivated to become more like Jesus. And we compare ourselves to others rather than Jesus. If you remember, I told you that personal story in my life and when I said I don't know I don't know how these things come in and you know and start to give you conversation but it did you know and I I was looking at my life and you know and it was I thought I was in pretty good shape and I go how do you know it's in really good shape well you know number one I'm in another word number two I looked at some other people and I always, you know, in that case, you're always going to pick out the, not the best ones, the worst ones. (laughs) You know, and and it's serious, as as true as can be. He just sat there and he listened to me and then he says, well, yeah, you're right. You do really good when you compare yourself on the plane of man. But now he said, if you compare yourself to me. Now, he didn't have to do anything else because in that moment, there was a holy presence of God. Now, I can't tell you all this holiness of God, but I know what the sense and the presence of the holiness of God really is. There was a collapse in me. He never mentioned anything, you know, about what I was, you know, Saying as good and bad and, you know, and ugly, you know. <laughs> Never said, had to do a thing. It was just his presence. And my heart just, you know, it collapsed in the sense into his arms. It didn't collapse into condemnation. It didn't collapse, you know what I mean, into guilt. It didn't do any of that. It just kind of collapsed into helplessness. (laughs) I fell into the arms of Jesus. And I understood, like Paul, when he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who is going to deliver me, you know, from this wrestling, this turmoil? 
I said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. I get put in a place and a plateau and, and an acceptance in a realm. Love's obedience trusts the heart of the Father. It trusts the heart of the Father. It has an anchor. And it has an illumination. It has no. It has no awareness. Did you know that love is perfected in obedience? First John chapter two verse five. Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know that we are in him. It's so beautiful. The neat thing is it's God's that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. A great patriarch Abraham, God put a lot of trust in him. It was all because of his obedience. He said, I'm going to give some revelation. I'm going to talk about the future. I'm going to go, you know, unfold some things here. And I'm going to tell Abraham. He says, and I'm going to tell Abraham. And the reason I'm going to tell him, because I know him. And I know him, you know what I mean? And he's going to be a a, a valuable instrument to me in, you know, not only keeping it himself, you know what I mean? Living it by himself, but telling the next generations that are his. That's what you you and mom and and dads, you know, grandparents, et cetera, you know, be encouraged. That's what you're doing. Down at the farm, bless you, Donnan. Charity, that, that you're telling the next generation. When God entrusts us with a mission, when God entrusts us with this message, this message of His love, and then if you really want to know Him, if you really want to have intimacy with Him, You come closer by obedience. Yes. The beauty of love is that it helps us prioritize our life. It's that life principle that keeps us aligned. 
It helps our thoughts and our actions. Because what we love determines what we seek, and what we seek determines what we think and do. Now, I don't mean those just to be good phrases. commandments thou shalt love is because you know when we love him we're going to seek him and when we seek him our thought life is going to have you know be affected tremendously what was the what was the uh, prayer that we prayed before we started to preach our father Our Father. Priority. Yes. The making sure there's not a disconnect. Don't get sad on me, okay? This is good stuff. There's no disconnect. Or make sure there's not a disconnect between your heart and your mouth. One of the faults that he said to... Can I say this? I, I shouldn't, but I will, because it's talking about me too much. But constantly, God, get my heart connected to this thing. He said, they draw near to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I'm not saying that's your case this morning, but I'm saying it's possible for our hearts not to be connected to our words and our words not to be connected to our hearts. Yes, thank you, Lord. And so, I want to wrap up this morning just first part of this. And that is just simply that love is to be our motivation. And ask musicians to come this morning. Our motivation. Do you love God or are you in love with God. I know it seems almost, you know, similar. But there really is a difference between loving God and in love with God.
I heard somebody say that sometimes we have to start out someplace. So if you start out, you know, just to love God so that you can get to that you're in love with God, that's okay. And love leads the way everything we do in worship. The doctrines that we hold, the missions that we're on. It's love that leads, it springs from Christ, work of love in us. When David found himself astray, the first thing that he asked God to do was, would you come and touch my heart? Touch my heart. Next week, I want to talk to you not just simply about the love of the Father, but the love of the bridegroom. The love of the bridegroom. Because I believe that there is an intimate call. The Father's call is always loud and clear. But there's an intimate call in the voice of the Holy Spirit today. Calling the church his bride. It's coming from the lips of the bridegroom. As he is preparing the hearts of the bride to join him at the table. That the Father has prepared for the marriage of the Son. Shall you, would you stand with me this morning? I want to know, God, what's this stirring going on in my life? I love you. I have lived for you. And yet there's something. He's saying, come closer. Come closer. Come closer. As you get a vision and a visual of the bridegroom, there's an attraction that begins to take place. You never fall in love until you get attracted. 
And when you get attracted, you begin to discover. And when you discover, you can't help yourself. Amen. Isn't it wonderful that he made this a love relationship? It is. He made it a love relationship. The demand is not so much on what we do, but how we love. This is not just simply about us. We can't really love our neighbor as ourselves if the love of God is not aligned. And if we don't get the love relationship aligned in ourselves, the world is going to suffer. Because it is the eternal light. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one to another. Amen, church? Yeah. Yeah. The world is waiting on the church, on the bride, on the beloved, to get their love walk. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. Go with God.